everybody. It's Tuesday that you know what we're here for. It's Longhorn Confidential, our weekly look at the Longhorns and what's going on with this uh, football team that y'all have loved and rooted for and I don't know sometimes hated maybe over the over the past uh past years. But Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles, Danny Davis with the Statesman. Um I don't want to dwell too much about the West Virginia game because we're the only reason people are here to tune in is to talk about OU. But I did want to touch on one thing in this uh, past weekend's game, which was a 38 to 20 win by Texas. Um, you know, in the second half, there was a pretty somber moment. Um, CJ Donaldson, a, a freshman running back for West Virginia, um, ended up getting a pretty severe concussion, was on the uh, turf being tended to for what seemed like an eternity, um, had to be carted off the field. Afterwards, we did get good good news. He's able to fly back with his teammates. West Virginia was very complimentary of the Texas training staff and how, you know, everyone kind of acted. I know the West Virginia fans are pretty appreciative of how the Texas fans, uh, you know, acted with uh, one of theirs down on the field. So um, a really scary moment. But, you know, this kind of came on the heels of a kind of a scary day in college football. We'll, we'll talk about Dylan Gabriel in a, a minute, but he was took a pretty big hit in that Oklahoma TCU game. The Oklahoma quarterback were only a couple a couple of days removed from uh, you know the Thursday night football game with Tua for the Miami Dolphins, uh, that very very scary moment. Said I know you touched about it, it a little bit in your Nuggets today uh, uh, in the in the newspaper. You can read them on statesman.com. But you know this is a violent game. But is it getting too violent? Is this getting tough to watch, or is this just what football is? It's what it is. It is what it's been, and it's what it's going to be. And. Uh, I was at a Pop Warner game earlier on Saturday and saw a kid get laid out, and he's eight years old. And, you know, and so you're you you, you wonder uh, where it all stops. But they the parents know what they're signing their kids up for, and these grown these grown people um, in college and pros they know what they signed up for. Like Sarkeesian said to us on Monday at his availability, it's a beautiful game, but it's very violent. It's very violent. And players are getting bigger, stronger, faster. And no matter what they do to try and safeguard this thing, you're going to see things like Dylan Gabriel and CJ Donaldson. And um, those things are going to happen. And so um, the Tua thing, the pros, the pros are supposed to be leading this thing. They're supposed to be setting the example for everybody else. And I think their safeguards are, maybe, are, are some of the – the most loosely, um, you know, administered in sports. I mean, Tua never should have even been on that trip to Cincinnati, but there he was starting a football game. So um, I know money is a big driver in that thing. Duck, you remember, uh, and uh, you both remember Sam Ellinger getting blown up against OU. He got blown up, and he's back in that game five minutes later. And they said it was a shoulder. No. It was a it was a head injury. You got hit in the head. So people people are going to have to be more diligent. But it's, this kind of thing is still going to happen. It's still going to happen. Yeah, I was at uh, Oklahoma uh, back when Bob Stoops was there. I was there to uh, you know write about the upcoming game, and Bob Stoops uh, played at Iowa. He was a defensive back, and I said, uh, "How many concussions did you have?" He said, five. And then he added that I know that I know of, you know, because back then they give you the fingers. How many fingers? Yeah, okay, you're good. Go back in. Uh, just so many issues there. 
I mean, adults have to be adults and make the decisions and protect these kids and even NFL players from themselves because they all want to play and they all want to get back on the field. So I think that's something that's just hugely important. As far as eighth graders, you know, I mean, I played when I was in middle school, but I don't really think you should be tackling until eighth or ninth grade. You know, definitely shouldn't be doing as an eight-year-old. Uh, yeah, I started at seven, so I couldn't, yeah, couldn't yeah. imagine playing at age eight. I just right. Yeah. So anyway, it's just you got to protect these players from themselves, and you got to put in more safeguards. As you mentioned, Sark mentioned it, Danny, on Monday, and said he texted Neil Brown, the West Virginia head coach. Uh, I reached out to Mike Montoro, their SID, and said C.J. Dawson was already improving and doing a lot better. So, and you're right, they were appreciative of all the attention by the UT medical staff and the support from the fans. Yeah, obviously not not a great way to start this um, podcast, but it was a really big um, story that came out of the game this past week. And I you know, implore Texas fans who are more interested in this to look back at Steve's comments, both post-game and on Monday. Also, Bijan um, Robinson had some um, stuff to say about, you know, being a running back um, when, he's, when he recently spoke with the media too. But we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the big game, um, at least in the Austin area. I mean, college game day, they're going to Lawrence for TCU-Kansas. That's the big game. But, uh, well, they should. Um, you know, before the season, people are circling, uh, you know, games on their calendar. I mean, people thought college game day would either be going to the State Fair like they did last year for Texas OU or that, you know, Alabama-Texas A&M game. But um, little lost luster in, in Dallas. Texas is 3-2. and two. OU also 3-2. Uh, and two. Texas 1-1 one one in conference play. Beat West Virginia last week. Obviously had that tech loss two weeks ago. Oklahoma, however, uh, they lost to Kansas State, which not a terrible loss. Kansas State's good, but last week, fifty-five to twenty-four loss to TCU. Woo! I don't think any of us has ever seen a Sooner team. I mean, Kirk may have. He's been covering covering this team <laughs> for a while, but I definitely was was shocked by that score. Um, this is the first time since nineteen ninety-eight that both teams go into this game unranked. We'll just start there. Has this game lost its luster, or is this still? a marquee matchup that a lot of people are going to be tuning into at 11 o'clock on ABC. Going to still be sold out. The Cotton Bowl is going to be rocking. It's a, it's the biggest event in our state. I know that. Now, will people in, in LA and New York care? Probably not. It's not, it's not for them uh, because neither one of these teams is moving the needle this year. Um, no, neither one of these teams going to finish in the CFP. We know that. We already know that. And so I'm, um, I'm excited for us. I'm excited for, for the Sooners. I'm excited for the Longhorns. But um, for as far as uh, TV ratings, it, it's probably not going to draw a big number. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. They're both unranked. One of them got blown out last season. And uh, the other one went 5-7 and seven last year and lost to Kansas. So... Uh, not exactly a marquee matchup on the national scene, but definitely one we're going to be excited to be covering. No, it's totally lost its national luster. There's no buzz at the Cotton Bowl from anybody outside of these two states. I, I should caution you, the Big 12, though, is intently interested in this game because they're hoping both teams lose. Uh, <laughs> Since they're going to the SEC uh, sometime soon. So uh, it's interesting. I'm sure Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner, will be anywhere near the Cotton Bowl. We haven't seen him yet. 
I don't know if he's been in any Oklahoma games. I'm sure he'll be at that TCU Kansas game. And Doug, he should, I don't think Doug, he should. Bowlesby, Bowlesby wasn't at the OU Texas. Oh, last year. No, he was at a Baylor game that week. Yeah. So they want yeah. nothing to do with Texas or OU. And it's so weird too because Texas and OU want to leave. Big Twelve wants them to leave. It's all about dollars, as we know. And until they come up with some agreement there, you know, the Big Twelve will be wishing the worst. For Texas OU. So I'm sure they're delighted in the league office that they're near the bottom of the standings. So not near, they're in the bottom of the standings, especially OU being 0 and 2. Yeah, before we look forward, let's look back to last year. Obviously, that last year was Steve Sarkeesian's first trip to the Cotton Bowl. Could not have gotten off to a better start. Uh, they're up 28 to 7 in the first half. We all know what happened. Oklahoma rallied, uh, ended up winning 55 to 48. Um, you know, that was a, you know, recurring question on Monday at all the players and to even Steve during his turn at the, at the podium, you know, the kind of their recollections of last year, what went wrong, et cetera, et cetera. My question is, do you think the players have gotten over it? Is that going to be an issue on, um, you know, uh, on Saturday, if they get up, they're going to start thinking about last year. Do you think they've kind of flushed that? And maybe this is motivation um, as, as opposed to being an anchor. Go ahead, Doc. I, I don't know if we know for sure guys. I mean, their psyche may still be fragile. I mean, it was just two weeks ago in Lubbock, you know, that they couldn't hold on to a two-touchdown lead. And that was, I don't know, what is it, about four minutes left in that game, Danny? You and I were there. It's like, and you couldn't hold on to that. You know, they scored a – and for the second week in a row, Texas only had 60 plays on offense. Uh, different than it was in Lubbock. Uh, but they only scored 10 points in the second half of these last two uh, games uh, against Tech and West Virginia. So, you know, I think it's kind of always there in the back of your mind until you exercise that uh, out of and get those demons out. I it's You remember that when they were ahead 28-7, the Oklahoma receiver ran out of bounds, uh, not push, and then ran back in bounds, caught a pass, and they score that on changed. that five. That changed everything. Huge. That was huge. And it, you could say, well, it was, you know, first quarter, early second quarter, whenever that happened. But that kind of shows you how fragile their psyche is. And even uh, the players in Sark uh, told us yesterday, he said, yeah, we lost our composure. We, you know, the OU fans are down by the tunnel end where the entrance is. And and all of them said kind of that we kind of let the fans affect us a little bit. That's not a strong emotional team, you know, when you're saying that. So, that said, I mean, Bijan Robinson had a heck of a day. Xavier Worthy had a heck of a day. Uh, uh, Hudson Card and Casey Thompson had a heck of a day. Didn't he have like five touchdown passes, you know? And, uh, you know, this will be a new experience for Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card. So, yeah, I think that's still in the memory bank, guys. And I think if Quinn Ewers plays, you know he's going to be a little rusty because he hadn't played in – Three games in three quarters. Human nature says that it's going to always be there. It's like a boxer who gets knocked out late. Of course he's going to remember that when he gets back in the ring. Because that, that team, that, that guy that knocked you out still has one up on you. So until they whoop Oklahoma and, and, and walk off that field, there's still going to be some remnants of what happened last season. And, I think they're a year more mature. They're uh, they're saying the right things, but still, they're still a team that can't that doesn't do a good job of closing out wins on the road. Well, one and six in their last seven away from home. 
And so I think that um, if they get what they got from Bijan and X-Man this, this time around, that defense is better. And that, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that – and this is not the OU team from last year. So I, th- I think that they're going to be okay. Um, I don't envision a 28-7 in the first 15 minutes of the game. But I can, see them, I can see them taking out OU by double digits. We don't, I don't think they're going to beat them 55-24 either. Let me, let me put that out there. This is a rivalry game. Uh, they will get OU's best shot, and it will not be a blowout, blowout. Uh, but I still think Texas, Texas has the juice to go in there and win by, by a, maybe 10 points. I, I, I have them winning this game. I, I'm, 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 I'm on the believe train, even though they've lost four in a row. Kirk alluded to it a little bit, and since, you know, we're all about drama in the media, let's get a little dramatic. Um, You know, this is a game Texas fans and Oklahoma fans have all had some great quarterbacks play in this game. You know, Texas, you got B.Y., you got Colt, you got Sam, obviously. You know, if you're an Oklahoma fan, Baker, Kyler, Sam Bradford, I mean, there's there's a lengthy list on both sides, but we don't really know – either team who's going to be the quarterback because there's questions around Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. And obviously there's questions about uh, Quinn Ewer's health and availability and, you know, whether Hudson card after, you know, pretty solid last couple of weeks has earned a right to, you know, compete more for this job than maybe at the beginning of the season when Quinn was named the starter. So um, we'll ask you, know, you two, you know, who, who, if you were Steve Sarkeesian and you were getting paid th- those big bucks, who would you st- start as your starting quarterback um, Xavier Worthy is not eligible because we need him to be running uh, running routes if you're a Texas fan. But, you know, are you going to go with Quinn, the starter at the beginning of the season, or are you going to go with the hot hand, which is Hudson Card? I'd probably go with Quinn. I mean, I think he will be rusty, though. Uh, Hudson Card has played well. He played really well. And, uh, you know, if they hold on, if Bijan doesn't fumble in Lubbock, maybe, you know, Hudson Card's undefeated. Maybe he's the Cooper Rush of uh, – College football. Oh, by the way, we left out Peter Gardere, Mr. 4-0 and against Oklahoma. So as good as uh, Hudson's played, I think, you know, Quinn's your guy, and that's who you, you know, hit your uh, wagon to. And so I think if he's ready to go, I'd go with Quinn Ewers. What do you think, Sid? I'd go with Quinn as well. Um, he's the better quarterback of the two. And even though HUD played well, I, I told I said this to you the other day, and you don't you didn't agree with it, but you know if if HUD wants to to transfer, because we know you know that Arch Manning's probably coming, and Quinn will still be here allegedly. Uh, HUD has has put some nice film out there for a prospective uh, gig somewhere else. So, um, but with that being said, I still think that Quinn yours is the better option if he's ready to go, if he's healthy, if he's 90%. Because no football player midway through the season is 100%. But if he's 90%, he should be ready to go. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be very rusty, but, you know, it's amazing how that rust goes away after a couple of series. And um, this, this is a juicy matchup for him. The Oklahoma secondary is porous. Um, they can be had in Sark. Loves the vertical game. And if you watch the highlights from that TCU game, oh, my God, you got receivers running just unchecked down the field with not an OU defender in sight. So uh, it's the kind of matchup that um, 
Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers should should be salivating over because especially with X back we know that X worthy is back healthy. We saw the wiggle. He's got the jukes. So yeah, I I think if I'm Quinn, I'm like it's time for me to get back in there. Who you got, Danny? Oh, I think you know if Quinn's healthy, Quinn's your the guy you anointed at the beginning of the season, you you just roll with that. But I also think you have the luxury of Quinn is not 100%. You know, Hudson can fill the void. There's no reason to rush him back at 75% or, or whatnot. So I think you have the luxury of going with Hudson. But if you feel that your starting quarterback is healthy, you start him. But, you know, you do have that luxury of having a very capable um, 1B quarterback. Uh, let's flip it around and talk about the defense. As we said, we don't really know what's going to go on, uh, what's going on with Dylan Gabriel um, as of Wednesday morning at 10.58 a.m. But this Oklahoma offense can score, um, or excuse me, or this is Tuesday morning. I have no idea what the day of the week it is. Um, it is uh, this Oklahoma offense is scoring 37 points a game, averaging about 481 um, yards a game, 481.4 exactly. Um, this Texas defense, really good performance last week against West Virginia. Um, in the fourth quarter, West Virginia did get, a, did get a couple lengthy drives against and they kind of skewed those numbers. But after that Texas Tech performance the week before, that was a good bounce back. looked more like that Alabama um, defense, the defense we saw against Alabama in early September. How do you think this defense performs against Oklahoma? Are they completely back to what we thought they were at the beginning of the season? Or are we prone to maybe another hiccup against what could be a pretty good Oklahoma um, offense? I'm not saying they're completely back because – what I've seen, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, two last late scores in West Virginia. There are defense that gives up touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They give it up late. They gave it up at Tech. Uh, and I know it was garbage time at DKR, but they had some starters in there, and they gave, they gave up a couple of late touchdowns against West Virginia. So they're going to have to show that they're able to close out these wins uh, against quality teams. And maybe OU's not quality, but they're still OU. And they still got that mental edge. So they're going to have to play a lot better late. And this offense is only averaging six points a game in the fourth quarter. So four quarters haven't been really good to Texas. I don't know that this game comes down to that, but I'm going to need to see something more late in these games or they're going to have to just blow them out. And um, this series doesn't doesn't tell me that this is going to be a blowout. So – um, Don't you think they played too soft in the second half? They were very conservative, not as aggressive. That's been that's been the theme all season, Doug, except for Alabama because they had they had to be balls to the wall, right? But those other games, uh, they they've just they've um, it's like he's kind of eased up on the gas. You know, you saw all gas no breaks. Yeah. It's all gas no breaks for three quarters, and then all of a sudden you're in cruise cruise control, and uh, you're you're tapping on that brake every now and then. So. They're going, to, they're going to have to be more aggressive. He's going to have to coach a full game. Um, there's no such thing as running up a score if you're the Texas Longhorns. There's no such thing as that because they don't play very well in the fourth quarter. You know, I think I think we'll see more intensity for 60 minutes, especially after last year, you know, blowing a three-touchdown lead after one quarter. So, you know, I don't think Oklahoma's got that defensive front they kind of have over the years. And, uh, and obviously – But they'll the- still play – they're still going. They're still going to yeah. sell out. They're going to play hard. No, absolutely. It's going, to, it's going to be an interesting contest. This is their season. Yeah, they're zero two in conference. This is their season. 
But you so look they're at they're gonna have to show up. You look at all these defense, they rank 109th in the country in total defense. And against the run, 119th. So, you know, we may see Bijan get the ball 30 times and you try to, you know, assert your will and try to dominate up front. So, I mean, if, if you know, they've lost four straight to OU, if, if they can't, can't beat them, when are they going to beat them if they can't beat them this week, you know? I mean, it's time for them to kind of, you know, reverse the tables and, uh, you know, get real. All right, uh, you know, enough talking about the game. Let's talk about the important stuff. Um, we're going to be on the fairgrounds. Lots of stuff going on, lots of excitement. Um, first off, Kirk, I don't know what uh, what edition of the Red River Showdown this is for you, but this will be my sep- or seventh on the beat, and then I did a couple more just helping out when I was on the high school beat. But uh, said I know you've done done a few more than that. But what's been your favorite Red River Showdown memory? And also, what what are you – what are you getting when you're on the fairground? What fry food are you looking forward to, 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 to not only eating, but then expensing to the company, making them pay for it? <laughs> he always gets the catfish. He always gets some Floyd's. catfish. Floyd's and catfish. I know. Yeah. And I'm a corny dog. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I got to have my my Fletcher's corny dog with mustard, Danny, and you know that. So you have that mm-hmm. and uh, eh, maybe one brewski. You know, we got to drive back after that, so you got to – uh, be a little cautious there, but uh, no, I love that. I love that tradition. Uh, you know, the six six tie was one of my favorite games. Uh, that one in the uh, Jordan Shipley kickoff return touchdown uh, game. Those were two of my all time favorite uh, Texas OU games. But I think it's you know my three favorite events to cover are you know the Masters, the College World Series, and this this game. This football game just stands out above all the rest. What do you got, Sid? Um, my favorite was 05. Um, just, a, just a great um, yeah, Jamal Charles going for 80 yards for a touchdown. Rod Wright with a scoop and score. It took him 20 yeah. minutes to run down that field to score. Uh, and that, and that, and that was Texas getting over the OU bugaboo and going on to win a national title. Uh, another one uh, was 98. I think that may have been my first one uh, when I was working at the Tyler Paper. Uh, Ricky Williams and Damon Parker put on a show that day uh, for OU in Texas. And Ricky uh, ran for like 139 yards and he won the Heisman. So that was like, my, I think that was my first one. And so this is probably uh, 2002 to now. So, so I'm coming up on 25 of them. So um, those are my two. Uh, food, Floyd's Catfish. Got to get some Floyd's Catfish and a Fletcher's Corny Dog. And a uh, an adult beverage uh, for that, but um, just one because I'm driving back to Tyler to see my baby. You're so young, but you still have some memories, Danny. What's your favorite one? Well, I don't. I think I've only seen one Texas win. Um, um, in this, <laughs> oh my god! As I've been <laughs> to beat it. obviously the Cameron Dicker year. Um, you know, the Texas fans won't like to hear me say this, but. I enjoyed seeing Baker finally get one just because, you know, I've obviously known Baker since he was a, a kid and he, he's all, he'll always have a soft spot in my, uh, my heart. And that's not a universal feeling with the people who are watching this right now or listening to this right now and screaming, screaming uh, obscenities. But um, obviously, you know, it's a great game. It's just, you know, a lot of pageantry and um, it's just a cool environment to be around. It's something that if you're not a Texas or OU fan, something you definitely should check out. You know, I'm a, 
a Montana, Montana kid. And um, this is not something, obviously Montana, Montana State, um, for my money is a, a better rivalry, but it's a, a different environment and a different, a different feeling and definitely something cool and a must see if you're a, a college, a college football fan. But as far as food is concerned, I like to just try stuff out. Obviously, I get the corny dog. I do mine with ketchup, not mustard. I know that's a, not a popular opinion. My wife will yell at me when I post something on Instagram. Ketchup, about it. ketchup baby. Um, I like no, the. I like to test I out test out different foods it. and see what see what the new fried thing is. I always try the fried pizza, which is always a mistake, and I always make the same mistake every every year. But I'll be wandering around the fairgrounds trying some things on before I jump in the car and head back head back home. But um, that's going to be it for us. Obviously we're going to have a lot of content throughout the week on statesman.com getting ready for this game. We're going to be, the three of us will be up in Dallas this weekend. We'll have one of our photographers, Aaron, Aaron Martinez will be up there. A couple of our, um, reporters will be up there getting, you know, scenes from around the fairgrounds. Our friends from the Oklahoman will be down helping us out. We'll be poaching some of their content there, the great stuff they're working on. So there's going to be lots of good stuff on statesman.com to read, um, on second thought, uh, podcast obviously dropping on Thursday. Y'all want to give us a sneak preview about what's going to go on on the podcast this week? Hot podcast on Thursday. Uh, acclaimed Oklahoman columnist Jenny Carlson is going to drop by, and she's always got the stories. It's going to be great. We're going to have a little bit of nostalgia, and we're going to break down this game. And but uh, Jay Carr is must must see. You'll you'll definitely enjoy that. Plus, we got to talk Jimbo and Nick. <laughs> Yeah, we do. I'm disappointed that's lost a little bit of its luster, but I'm sure we can get some get some drama drama out of that. But that's gonna do it for us. We appreciate um, however you're digesting this, whether you're watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, uh, listening um, via wherever you get your podcast from. We do appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you reading all of our stuff on Station.com, and we will see you in Dallas. And if not in Dallas, we'll see you here next Tuesday. Be safe.